1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh,
2: doing good, Shad.
0: I am almost at the end of moving, so almost
2: good. <laughs> That's uh, right. probably doing better than me. I still have boxes from like six months ago.
0: Well see, but see, but we're kinda got the double the way we're doing it, we're we moved to the <laughs> new place, but we have to sell the old house, so it, it's like double complicated. Oh wow. Cuz we decided to sell it empty because I didn't want people rifling through my stuff. So
1: Yeah, we
2: moved out before sense. we're going to sell it.
1: That makes sense. I'm going to sit here and be awkwardly quiet. Um we want to say
2: it's a seller's market right now, Brad. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh I've been sharing like in my neighborhood. Uh it's there's a house literally like at least one a week. At least one a week. And the prices that they're selling for is like insane. Like yeah, almost a million dollars.
0: The realtor told us to make absolutely no repairs. We're gonna sell it for about double plus fifty percent of what we paid for it, and it'll sell in mm-hmm. a weekend.
2: Oh no, it will sell in like a week, yeah. But that, that's oh, yeah. that's what the houses like houses go. They get put up for sale in my uh, in my neighborhood, and within a week they're they're like gone. I, there was one house. My wife and I were walking through the neighborhood just for like exercise about. I'd say like about a month and a half ago and the house wasn't even on the market yet. It they just literally like people like walk like the realtor or whatever walked out, put up a coming soon sign. And we saw this as we're walking and like we were like at the end of the block, and we see them doing that and then by the time we like <laughs> got to that house, literally like a car was already pulling up. It's like, "Hey, this house going on the market?" Yeah. Okay. Like it was it's that like insane. It's, we'll
0: see. It's insane. We're like the, on my, like, on our old corner of, of, um, street, we're like the last non rental property. So I'm pretty sure we're gonna, gonna go quick.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, everybody, we want to say thank you out there for joining us for this episode. We'll get our shout outs taken care of here at the beginning. The first one's gonna go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, Collar and Elbow. Brand Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That is the number four capital C in Corners capital B in Podcast with no spaces to save ten percent off your order. And our other
2: shout out means I pass the ball over to Matt. Yeah, that'd be to Orlando Cologne. Um Orlando Cologne was not recently released by the WWE. He was released <laughs> about a like a year a little year over a year ago, uh, yeah. and he's uh, better for it. As well, a, Matt, as that Epico sounds like would a say, segue.
0: Can't get fired if you don't have a job.
1: That's right. (laughs) Matt, that sounds like a good segue. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we've commented on the curse before, because it seems like on the night we record, the next day something happens, and something big happens, and guess what? After our last recording?
0: And the crazy part is the turnaround time on recording to getting it posted is about 16 hours and we get bit by this at least once a month I'd say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know what it is about the, Wednesdays. The worst man, is but...
0: the worst is when we reviewed that Power show and then Cornette made his little boo-boo between mm-hmm. recording oh, yeah. and posting.
1: Yeah. So by the time our review of of Power which as I remember was a pretty glowing review, one of the commentators was already removed, so <laughs> um but yes, we got bit by the snake again. The big releases that happened last week, um,
0: and they're pretty big
1: releases. They are, and so we're, uh, you know, we're gonna go ahead and, and chop our way through this because, uh, frankly, it's it's too much of a thing for us to not talk about.
0: So, what do um, you guys think about the rumors? Kind of fl- been. I mean, they've really been floating around for what about five years now about them selling the WWE. <clears throat> uh,
2: I don't, I don't actually know how long they've been ongoing, but they've, they definitely, those rumors have definitely heated up, and p- there are people who I know I've talked to in the last like week who they're like adamant, like, oh no, like this is it, like they, uh, the WWE recently hired Nick Khan to be like what? It, what, what is his official position? Is it 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 like a, I believe it's is to it like, make
0: them act like a real business.
2: <laughs> Whatever his like official title, but pe- there are people who are swearing like, "Oh yeah, they like the only reason they brought him in was to get the company in shape for a sale." And I, I don't, I don't know if that's the case, but it uh, There's some things the last, the last like week it made me question whether that's actually legit.
1: So Nick Khan is. Um, if I'm reading this correctly, he is president and chief revenue officer. Now, the the whole thing about like I understand why the rumors are floating about sales and stuff like that, but I've seen it pointed out a few times, and I can't say they're necessarily wrong. But the idea that um, they brought Nick Kahn in, like Brad said, to to make them more as per a business and so they look he looked around and goes why do we have um, you know a social media and a TV uh, promotion department why don't we just have a promotions department
0: well I think it's, I think the glaring thing that I've noticed since they signed those big TV deals is people always talk about like how this was like rev- record like revenue for them in a quarter. Mm-hmm. But when you really dig into the financials, you're always kind of like, wow, that's like all they took away in profit with all that TV money they're making. Like so I'm kind of wondering if the investors are kind of twisting their arms and be like, look, you guys are not making nearly as much money as you should be.
1: Well, Vince, that's always kind of been Vince's MO anyway. The uh You know, he'd he'd rather make a penny his way than a dime somebody else's way, and it it would not surprise me if someone finally got in his ear and was like, hey, you need someone to tell you how to, to, you know, make more money than what you're making right now. It won't happen on the creative side.
0: And I'm kind of wondering, too, if Vince is, like, maybe a little more open to suggestion now that, like, Triple H completely and utterly failed – as a promoter. I don't know. Like I mean, oh. I mean, I mean we could talk. I mean we kind of talked about it, but like what a fiasco like NXT versus AEW was like Triple H really got exposed as <laughs> as not they're being I, able to I, compete with anyone.
2: I I mean, I don't like giving Triple H any breaks. Uh, that's been like <laughs> throughout his career. But I I I would give him a slight break on that just because i, I there is a it, there's a like a, a long term criticism i have of him and that i think he's a, he's probably a better booker than than what vince or other people have been doing now or the last like few years but
0: not much better
2: but but triple h also i think gets a lot of credit for NXT and i've made this argument many times with many people and like he is just running a pwg sim
0: well but and when, by that i mean
2: <laughs> P, pw i mean seriously P, pwg has built a reputation in the last few years as being essentially like the premier uh like indie promotion
0: indie super dream match promotion
2: yeah because they can get uh some of the best talent uh at the north at least in north america and bring in some talent also from like mexico and Occasionally, guys from like overseas, but at least like North America, let's go Canada, uh, United States, Mexico, some of the best talent who put on, they're allowed to have like the best matches. Um, And I don't think they've run a show for like in forever since the pandemic. I don't think they've reopened, but they're
0: they're, kind of losing mm -hmm. steam because they kind of, when WWE went into like talent hoarding mode, what kind (laughs) of happened to them in a lot of the indies is, not only did they poach the 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 stars off the indies but then they came through and they poached like that next group of stars so the indies kind of got double hosed because they lost all their stars but then they lost all their up-and-comers and then everyone was scrambling trying to build up like a completely new generation because they got that next group swiped from them because wwe was just signing everyone and a bunch
1: a bunch of people who would be the folks that mentor and bring folks up are getting signed to like agent roles or performance center contracts. But if they're not working for AEW. I also
0: think, I also think though Triple H swooped in and like the, the NXT that everyone really loves and, and like, you know, really has carried their brand for a long time was more the work of Dusty Rhodes and Ryan Ward um, doing the booking.
2: Uh, That's, that's a very fair point. I don't know if it's criticism or just observation. It's a good point. The best, the best, um, probably the best in terms of like character work and probably booking was then. Yeah. I'm in the same
1: boat. Matt is I historically, I have not liked Triple H, but to give him a modicum of credit, what I'm going to say is I imagine it has got to be just tough as hell to try and run a promotion that you don't actually have control over. So you're, he's trying to do NXT stuff with the specter of someone getting pulled off the roster and sent somewhere else with sometimes like no warning at all. Just like, we're having a pro yoink got him. Um But think about so- it.
0: Think about it. Like if you were events though, think about like, you're, you're probably, you're probably done in the next five years and like, who you were kind of grooming to take over for you just kind of failed on the big stage. Like, I mean, wouldn't you kind of have lost faith in him if you were Vince?
1: I don't know. Vince is just such a weird human being that I cannot figure what his thought processes are. Now, as you said, Dusty and, and Ward's work on NXT, they deserve a lot of credit. There is something to be said for someone at the top, knowing what their strengths and weaknesses are and letting people who are good at things do those things but i i the situation that i imagine triple h finds himself in has got to be frustrating because it's like okay the people i leaned on were gone ward got transferred to work on one of the main roster shows didn't he he got sent to
0: smackdown i think he's on raw yeah. now or is he still, is he so, still there i don't know I think it was but, him and Road Dogg at some point on SmackDown.
1: Probably, well, yeah, I know Road Dogg was there, but and that was he was about as tone deaf as a post while he was. But then, so you have you unfortunately lose one of your greatest resources because he passes. You lose another resource because he gets moved away. You get people you're building up on your card taken away. I imagine that it, it you're in the you go into maintenance mode for a while, which doesn't make for good TV, but I can understand why it happened. Um, like I said, I don't really like him a whole lot, but I can't find him in being in a very enviable position.
2: Yes, but the other thing that I think was I'll give I'll give him a slight break is that the WWE was trying to screw with AEW because mm-hmm. they they wanted to curb AEW's growth as best they could. So they counter-programmed NXT, which was their their hottest and uh, you could say bestly, most like bestly, book, bestly it's not, know, best
0: booked, bestly is not a
2: word even, best booked, <laughs> best booked, um, certainly best worked uh, brand, which was NXT against
1: AEW. Uh, but they also but, had the smallest built in TV audience too.
0: Well I think I actually yes, think um, but
1: it, you <clears> throat>
0: Wait, throat> hang
2: on. Matt let Matt finish his point oh, out real okay. quick. Yes, they did have a small they had a smaller TV uh audience or, or fan base, but you could you can in theory build that and there's a whole there's a whole separate argument as to how how popular wrestling actually is with the overall audience or if it's, or is it just the people who are wrestling fans are just more engaged. That's a whole separate argument. I'm not trying right, to right, get right. into that whole issue. But they try. They counter program NXT against that. But the problem with doing that is that AEW is doing their own thing. And they're booking according to whatever their timelines are. Whatever their storylines are. Like they can just pace themselves however they need to. Whereas NXT was trying to one-up them every week. So now what they did was they, they kind of – the I generally think – all things WWE has been on the downward trend since at least like 2018, but mm-hmm. NXT arguably was still hanging in there a little bit, but this, as soon as they went on TV counter-programmed against AEW, like the decline went very fast because they had to basically, any any like marquee match, any match you would want to see, any storyline you really wanted to see advanced, they had to hot shut all that shit.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And so it it ruined it. And now it's like, Look at NXT now. It's like what what matches are you excited to see? Who are you excited to see? Like what what characters? What what workers? Like no one. You can I know guys I know guys who are like a uh, linked to like the Observer Wrestling Observer group who they get excited for NXT because they're just wrestling nerds. So they're excited to see good matches. And yeah, like on NXT you will see good matches. Like there there will be that. Uh, you can kind of say that for most most of the WWE. Like you. On every, even like it, Raw is like a terrible show now. It's, it's awful. But you will probably get at least one good match out of that three-hour debacle because there are guys like Drew McIntyre who were just, you know, re, they're raging against, <laughs> against the machine trying to put on a good match, uh, you know, unfortunately with the same opponent they've had for like the last 18 weeks. But right. I, NXT, it's like they've hot shotted everything and no one is as over as they should be. You've seen all the matches, if to the that you don't, you don't really care about when, them. they and you're stuck out with, there have, um, mm.
0: you're stuck with like, they they really ran like any combination of like Gargano, Cole, and Ciampa into the ground for that like year and a half. Yes. Mm-hmm. But what what I think too is, um, NXT was really losing steam about a year going into that, um, AEW thing. Like I think they really were. Where I really started to see cracks in the armor is when they like. Went deeper into that that Gargano Champa feud and like just made Gargano look like an absolute idiot,
1: or as uh, Alvarez calls him, made him look like a geek. Yeah, because he he had Champa dead to rights and then beat himself. That was the absolute dumbest, one of the dumbest endings I have seen to a hot match.
0: Well, and just... I don't I don't know about you guys too, but like where where um where NXT really started to lose me was like the takeovers and like, you know, it's going to end at 10 and like the main event starting, you look over at the clock and it's nine Oh five every single time. And you're like, <laughs> Oh, like they're going to put me through another 45 minute
2: match. They got kind of masturbatory with that because that's you a, you know, that's a perfect way to put it. What was, was that the it, third? It's going to
0: oh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry.
2: I, uh, Let I'll, I'll be real quick. Um, you know that they're gonna go. They're gonna do that. They're gonna go like a forty-five minute match, and there's gonna be like fifty-three hundred near falls. It's like it's just. Uh, we've we've had this conversation. I feel like on the podcast before. It's like by the end of th- those matches, you're just exhausted because it's like it's too much. It's too much. They're, it's, have... they're trying to do too much shit, and it 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 winds up. It starts. It it's like uh you know, you're like you're going up a roller coaster, it's like you're going up, 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 but then you eventually you, you start going down. It's like, okay, you didn't peak, like you you kept going down, down, now it's like now you've gone the opposite way.
0: And they, they don't like they don't like what I really thought um was understated about like those Okada Omega matches is like they really like eased you into it before they started doing like the crazy stuff and um like they did much better at like pacing those longer matches and i think i think new japan's much better about managing those longer matches where like you get those peaks and valleys kind of like they bring you up okay well we're going to bring you down a little bit so we can get you ready for like going up again
1: i think your your roller coaster analogy is is really spot on because most roller coasters, the way they operate is you you go up, 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 up to the top of the hill. Then you start coming down. Then you've got a bunch of other stuff that comes after it, ups and downs and twists and turns and that sort of stuff. Well, that's the way that WWE likes to book, is they, like, match starts, we're going into the heat, come over here, we drop down, now we're getting shine, and then we're going to, like, do stuff for the ending, except those matches got to the point where... It was one big hill, and then another big hill, and then another big hill. And you know what? That gets boring after a while. You Once you start m- messing with your regular match format, you can't draw things out too long or people are going to get bored, especially an audience you have conditioned to the way your matches work. And it's just so, like,
0: how many super kicks in one night can you possibly see before you <clears throat> you get tired of it? Like I I, I think I mean, I, even the
1: Bucks have backed off on doing that many super kicks.
0: But like I, I know Matt's probably been in this boat before, but like if you've ever been to like a Ring of Honor show and it starts getting to that like fourth, sometimes fifth hour, like you've seen that same dive spot to the same spot on the floor twenty times that night. And by, like, hour four, you're just, like, you're just done. And, like, sometimes, you like, that's where you need to throw variety in. Like, oh, like, they just brought a trash can full of weapons? Okay, like, you got my interest again, because I haven't seen that yet tonight.
1: It's, it's interesting you say that, Brad. In my personal experience, one of the things that usually happened in locker rooms I was in Is when guys were going to talk about their match, you'd be like, okay, I want to do this. But they'd kind of check around and be like, hey, what are you guys doing in that? You're working the leg? Okay, we're not going to do that. We're going to do something. They, like, we went around and talked to each other to be like, hey, you know, what are you doing? Because we didn't want to do the same thing as everybody else. Because if we do the same thing as everybody else, then whoever did it later in the card... Mm -hmm. was going to be met with less enthusiasm which is exactly what you don't want to have happen so you know if if the second match on the cards work in the leg and you're going in for a figure four spot but the main was going to do that somebody's got to change something because then it's just like oh they're just doing what they did before and there's not as much excitement there's not tension because we know this we've seen it before they're going to do the exact same thing we saw earlier so, you know, God, they've gone to such lengths to establish what, how their matches are laid out, and then they get grumpy when people don't like how their matches are laid out, or how their matches proceed. See, my cat's even mad about it.
0: Uh, I'll tell, tell you, the best, the best show I ever went to was a Chikara show. It was two and a half hours, and only two of the matches went longer than ten minutes. And it was the best wrestling show I ever went to.
1: And they did different stuff, didn't they? Yes.
0: Like one match, one match, one of the ice creams in Blind Rage did a test of strength spot. And they went all mm-hmm. through the building and outside and back in for five minutes doing a test of strength, like through the concession stand, through the crowd. And the end was the ice cream got him like like propped up on the ropes, let go of the move. He face planted on the ring and the ice cream pinned him. And that was the whole match.
1: Sure. And you can do something novel like that, something fun. It's not your main event spot. Go f- I mean, hell, that was part of my shtick is I didn't work this. Most of the way that I worked is I was a, I was a st- lot of striker based offense. Nobody else did that. So it looked like I was j- beating the piss out of somebody it looked different than everybody else on the card. And at least in the places where I went to regularly, I was over for it. But no, we've got to make sure we have the same knee spot everybody else does. Yeah, it, it, they
2: really have – no. there's no excuse. I mean they have allegedly like a, a whole army of riders, and beyond that they have a bunch of agents. So it's like you, you really can't – you really can't lay down the law where it's like, guys, uh, uh, if – OK, this match, like we're, you're going to do a roll-up spot. Don't do the same, don't do it, the same or essentially the same fucking roll up spot like two matches later. But and they do that, they do that all the time.
0: Or, or like, don't do the same roll up spot <laughs> in the exact same spot in the ring like the last match. Yeah. That's, what, that's what drives me nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah, because like the Ring of Honor show, like that was a real bad offender. Like, I think five matches, someone did a dive over the top rope the exact same way, the exact same spot on the floor. And it's like, oh, wow, I haven't seen that
1: tonight see i don't even like those big repeated dive spots because then people that shouldn't be doing them start doing them i can go the rest of my life without seeing Big E almost kill himself with that dive spot that he does just that he's a big brawny dude he doesn't need to do that leave 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 it alone (sighs) but my favorite
0: match of that was um daniels and cancerian took on war machine and like a in like just a plunder match and it was amazing sure because my favorite spot was they so they body slammed daniels then they body slammed kazarian on top of him, then they just stood there and then hansen body slammed roe on top of both of them (laughs) which we i really that really upsets me that they got so wasted because hansen and roe i thought were something special um before they hit the main roster
2: They look. They were they were good on the well, Ring of Honor as War Machine. They were good in New Japan, and they were allowed to be pretty good in NXT. And it's so telling. It's like the moment they were brought up, they became an after not a complete afterthought and a joke, really.
0: Yep.
2: And they. I guess they won the tag titles at least one point, so they might they might have fared better than someone like Ricochet. But yeah,
0: who can't God. even get a win in a win or a loss in a contenders match? Actually, War Machine is, was in two of the best live matches I've ever seen because that fight without honor was really good, and then in Dayton mm-hmm. they had a match with the Briscoes, and it was fucking awesome. I,
2: I will say, I will say that a couple years back when it was the nxt in new york before um was that wrestlemania 35 i think so yeah uh that entire takeover card was top to bottom fantastic and I, I, I probably i probably would rate every There was five matches i would probably rate the women's matches probably like the the less of them of all the matches and i would still put it like three three and a half it's probably the best live show i've ever been to
0: that was and, my show of the year for that year because that was New York, right? Yeah, that was an amazing yes. show.
2: the the Aleister Black Ricochet versus War Machine match was hands—it's hands down one of the best live matches I've ever seen. It, it—it's probably top five.
0: I, I It was fantastic. You could you could audibly hear the audience gasp when Hanson did that springboard elbow or that handspring mm. elbow on them. Hmm. Because that was the one, too. That was the one where, like, Ricochet was doing all of his flippy stuff, and Hanson was like, oh, yeah, I can do all that crap, too. So this, like, <laughs> big, huge dude was doing all this, like, crazy, like, flippy stuff. Oh, man. It's all been all downhill right. since then with the next team. But let's... Uh, let's I, so I, I, we're going
1: into the releases. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull us on over to it. And what I've done is I've made a list of a batch of the most recent releases that will go down. And then I've got a, a little twist at the end that we'll get to. But the first one I'm going to start with is uh, Santana Garrett, which I'm going to be honest, that's not even a name that I was familiar with. I knew her I guess, from
0: stardom.
2: Okay. She was, I guess, in Impact, but that was, that was when I, I wasn't really watching Impact, so... I don't know.
0: I, I don't think they ever did anything with her. I think, I think they just saw that she was like, kind of international. Was she in NXT UK, maybe?
2: I don't know. I think so. I don't know if she was featured that much, but she was apparently slated to be on the main roster. Like she, had, she was going to get. Oh, she, she got was, call out.
1: She was one out. of those that was. Was called up and then they never actually did anything with her, wasn't she? Let's see. She
0: was, I thought she was decent when she, when I saw her in stardom a couple times.
1: Um, let's see. No, she was on Raw once, lost to Bel Air, had a losing, yeah, she lost to Bianca Belair, losing streak in NXT. Um, July 1st 2020 she was squashed by Mercedes Martinez. She was 12th in the Women's Rumble in 2021. So and then she got released. Like that that that's been pretty much it for her. Like they it doesn't look like they've done much with her.
0: I really at all. never understand the decisions they make with the women they push.
1: I don't know. I, it just, it seems like, as you said, it was a talent hoarding decision, I guess. So. It,
0: I think she, I think she'll, I think she'll get a job somewhere because um I think Brian Alvarez or Meltzer said it when they were talking about him that, and this was in reference to, well, it's Heidi Loveless now, but um mm-hmm. that there's, there's a high demand for female <clears throat> workers that can actually work well. So. Yeah. I think she'll be fine.
2: Do we want to talk about Heidi Lovelace being released or Santana yeah. Garrett? Probably will probably could get a job. I, I'm not that familiar with her, but there are companies out there like Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor Impact, and NWA Power specifically all need like women wrestlers. Well, I don't,
0: power yeah. power just needs warm bodies at this point.
2: Yes, but. It's also like how much is <laughs> how much can Billy Corkin actually afford to pay? So I don't um, know I, if if impact just you know, TNA impact had had a previous relationship with her then she could go back there. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I think there's
1: part of me that thinks that if I could if I could still lace up the boots, I'd send a demo tape to NWA and see what happened.
2: It really <laughs> um, uh, if they're yeah. if they'll hire Tyrus, Ty, Tyree, Tyrus, Tyrus, name? yeah, then they, you got a shot.
1: <laughs> They're
0: wasting Austin Idol. And you're on probably
2: him too. Uh, if several years retired. You're still probably better than him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> definitely.
2: Uh, so
0: would Ruby Riot, AKA Heidi Lovelace, be like one of the most squandered talents of the last five years?
2: Yes, she's. Uh, I've seen her wrestle live before WWE when she was working at Heidi Lovelace for a Shimmer show, mm-hmm. and she was she was great. She's she's incredibly talented and what we saw when she, when she was allowed to like we we saw like flashes of how good she could be and she's a good talker like she can she can get herself over she has a unique look like i actually i i think that if she she could have of all the women that they've released in this last i would say she probably has really good prospects
0: i would mm-hmm. say so because there's um she has Well, for one, I think she has a fairly unique look that no one else has. Um, So she has an automatic niche for herself. Um, As you said, she's a decent talker. She works really well. Um, Mm -hmm. I just think that anyone that wants, like, someone that you could probably shuffle into, like, the upper mid-card of your women's division, like, would want her. I think AEW would kill for her, honestly.
2: AEW, I think, got a lot of criticism um, in several months back for their women's division, I think it has been slowly improving and improving quite well. Um, I, I partly I, mm-hmm.
0: because of Serena Deeb, honestly. Like, I think the second they had her start working, um, mm-hmm. their division automatically looked better and more important because it's, mm-hmm. she's like, I, I mean, I don't know, like, cause she was never on my radar, but like the last, I don't know, couple years with her, like, she just there's something about her that just makes everything around her better. Like she is, she is a a criminally underrated talent.
2: I only remember her uh, prior to her more recent work. I only remember her from when she was in the WWE as part of like punk's, uh, straight straight society. Yeah. Yeah. And she's on, she's not, she's not that old. She's 34. Uh, she is she under is she under AEW contract or is she under TNA contract?
0: She just lost the NWA lost women's title, the, yes. so I'm guessing she's AEW bound.
1: Wasn't she also um at the uh at the performance center as a coach as part of her part of her contract too? Maybe. I should I should I look don't that know. Up.
0: Are you thinking They're, about Sarah Stock? A.K.A. Sarah Del Rey. Uh,
1: no, well, I knew Del Rey was, but I'm I'm seriously wondering if Serena Deeb was. I'll look it up. You guys, now there's oh, someone. I'll check on that.
0: There's someone. If she could still go, is someone I would I would back a dump truck full of money up to her house and be like, "Hey, you want all this money? Like, you want to still wrestle?
1: Because
0: hmm. she's um, <clears throat> I." I cannot speak highly enough of her like there is um there's a Chikara match with her versus Ophidian that's just amazing. We're actually we're actually cursed with all this intergender res- intergender intergender wrestling now because wrestling. she because she made she was so good at it and was so believable at it all these promotions like are trying to recreate it and it doesn't work as well without her because she just I don't I I mean I cannot speak highly enough of her as a worker when she used to like do the indies.
2: Yeah, she was good. Uh, going back to Serena Deeb there, there's arguments that have been made lately. And I think that they are, they're not crazy. They are, they're very fair. And I think that I would probably even agree with them. There are arguments to be made that she is one of the best women's wrestlers working today, like any promotion. I would she agree is with that she's absolutely like fantastic it's it, like across the board like there are things that she'll do in a match that are are like, subtle that they're really it's it's it comes in part from just her experience but it also just shows how how well she gets actually working it's she's fantastic like she's it i think she took some time off um she became like a yoga instructor or whatever. Yeah. But she, since she's come back, like she's been just fantastic. And I think okay. if she is, if she is part of AEW, it's just like her, they're full on roster. Like they need to really, they've been featuring her some, um, and she just came back from like injury. She she had like her knee scoped. She just
0: or... wrestled Rio on the pre-show.
2: <laughs> yes, and that I haven't seen. Um, I haven't seen Double or Nothing yet, but God, that match got rave reviews.
0: I did I have only seen I've only seen the tag with Sting and I really I can't believe how good Sting looked at 62 years
1: old.
2: Ah, I've seen Nick. clips and yeah. I I did too and it
1: was just oh god that that made my soul feel well, good. <laughs> you know what I you know
0: what I love about it though is I love the ending where he got the pinfall but I love how it wasn't a burial, burial of Scorpio Sky, he just outsmarted him. Mm-hmm. At the end, because he just pulled like the wise veteran move and grabbed the ropes and then used that to get his finisher. Like it was really, it was it, really that, smart.
1: The the transition into that was so smooth. It, it it tasted like melted butter. I mean, that's how great it was.
0: And his, he got some he got some air on those uh, like scorpion
1: on the splashes. Yeah, sting splashes. splashes. Yeah, he did. yeah. It, it looked like sting like obviously he's not operating at the same level he was but it doesn't look like he was operating that far off of it I mean I and mean, it was
0: I mean young young gun sting though like he about like jumped over the ring post though when he yeah. went for those
1: Yeah but I mean in at 62 Sting obviously he looked older but he still looked it was still Sting and it still looked good by the way, I did find it. February 8th, 2018, Deeb was signed as a coach at the Performance Center until she was released April 15th,
0: 2020.
1: Okay. Can, can Which we... seemed like a crying, crying waste, but...
0: I, I I heard a shoot though where they're asking Brett uh, Brett Hart about some of his favorite opponents and he actually mentioned Sting and I didn't realize I know they wrestled a couple times like yeah Sting like could just do whatever you wanted him to do and I think that's what Vader like why Vader loved working with him he was just like they had a,
2: they had a fantastic basically yeah. all their matches were good
0: oh they're so uh, by good. the
2: way by the way uh Brad I'm sorry Chad Chad yes yes it's yes. not you're 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 doing it wrong it's not. Oh sting it's it's sting! Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're right i'm sorry
1: I, I i messed that one up but um the uh let me go back to the thing uh back over to where we were um with with riot slash id loveless now i i'm i'm trying to drag us back over i, um, I forgot i appreciate <laughs> yeah i was
0: trying to remember because we got on the the serena yeah. Deeb is awesome yeah okay.
1: This Trained. is this is I'm convinced this is usually my job. Um, the are, thing yeah. <laughs> I think that happened with and and this is this is going to be another sound like another shot at Vince, but the thing I'm convinced it happened is um, they started um, they started. Oh my God! How am I blanking on her name? I just had it a second ago. Sarah Logan. No, they just started pushing. just won a title oh um Rhea ripley yeah they just started pushing Rhea. Rhea's kind of doing the 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 punk chick look and vince goes well we're pushing Rhea, and we don't need two that look like that so get rid of her and if you follow vince's preference the only one who's still around from the riot squad was the pretty blonde and that's vince to a t so
0: I don't get the Rhea Ripley thing. Well, I'm not going to go into it, but like, I just don't, I don't get what they see in her and I don't get the people that get excited about her. Like well, I, I, I admit NXT it's... squandered her at some point, but like she just, she's just missing something for me. Like, I feel like, I feel like they got excited about her because she looks like girl triple H and, um, that's part of it, but I don't know, but we'll, well, we'll we won't I... go into that.
2: I, briefly i will say i do i would agree that she's missing something i don't exactly know what i do think she was probably on the road to to getting that to getting whatever that intangible something is and then they they just like chose to cut her knees off for like a year yeah. and now now she's kind of like cold and it's like i, I don't it, they haven't been able to kind of reclaim like any of the magic before, like, that she you, had before.
0: If you compare her, like let's like compare the two, like her and Bianca Belair, who both got their like big moments mm. at Mania. Like Bianca Belair is like rough around the edges and she needs a little work here and there. But like I get it when you see Bianca Belair, she does cool stuff. Like I like the hair thing. Like she's got personality. Like I just don't see the same things in like Rhea Ripley, like that I do in like Bianca Belair.
2: <laughs> I don't. I'm not like a fan of. Bianca Belair, Belair, but I mean, I could also say the same for most of the women on that roster. Like they don't really do anything for me. But Bianca Belair um, has connected with people, at least a certain amount of people, and she is like crazy athletic. So she has those two things really going for. Her. So it makes perfect sense for them to kind of do like uh, push her, make trying to make her a new star. Because that's God for God forbid they actually make do stars. Yeah, yeah. Like so, I, I I agree with you. I get it. Like Rhea Ripley, it's like they. It's like they they had slotted her to be a big star. They kind of were pushed her, and then they had her lose. It was to Charlotte, right? They had her lose.
0: Yeah. And then and then, yeah. Yeah. And
2: then again did nothing for a year, and then it's all of a sudden it's like okay now time to push her again. It's what? like no, she's like cold now. So now it's like you're you're putting her in angles and you're doing stuff with her that I don't care about. And <laughs> I just realized we were supposed to be talking about Heidi <laughs> Lovelace, and I I've, I've derailed us into
0: no, it's I derailed talking about us. Really. <laughs> But, you know, and, and the problem I've seen with Raw is it feels like there's four women on the roster again.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Never. It doesn't matter how good those four are when it feels like the, the entirety of a division is four people. That gets boring. Yeah. So what's, and um, so oh, sorry. the next one I'm
2: going to take us to on the list. Can I go We're back gonna, real quick before you yeah. get there? I'm so sorry, Chad. Uh, the point I had wanted to make like 15 minutes ago was that AEW's roster, the women's roster wasn't great. I think it's improved both in terms of their talent and in terms of like the quality of the work. Uh, I mean, you get people like Ty Conti who has improved like leaps and bounds. And even if you want to take someone who's more established like Britt Baker, Britt Baker has improved a ton in the last year. Yeah. Um, Especially like with her character work, uh her like promos, everything. They've gotten a lot better. That said, they could still use really talented women. So They if need I like
0: was... a name. They need a name that can yeah. come
2: in. If if yeah. I was Tony Khan, like I would totally bring in Heidi Lovelace. Like you could push her. She I think she you could definitely you could push her as like a as a baby face and she would get over.
0: I bet she'd be she... down for like just a bloodbath with Thunder Rosa.
2: That would probably be a really oh, good. Can match. you imagine just how
1: blood. How cool a storyline? Just I, I, if you had Heidi and Thunder Rosa just have an absolute war with each other. They come out the other side and they look at each other and go, "You know what? I respect the hell out of you know. We drug each other to hell and back, and I respect the hell out of that. Let's go kick the hell out of some other people.
0: You know, because I
1: know you're up for it.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna derail us a little bit just because we're talking about it, but. I might be crazy, but my match of the year through the first half of the year is probably that Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa match.
2: That's I've that's not Got to dig it up.
1: No, it's not crazy. That, I've got to dig that's that one fantastic up. match. It that is.
2: probably should. That should go. Right now, I think at least as far as North American matches, like that, should probably be on there, like a yeah. top ten list.
0: I I'm I I just can't believe that AEW is a blood promotion. It's just, it, it just, by well,
2: it. it's, it's by just,
0: it's just not what, what what you thought going in. So who who are we going for next, Shad?
1: The next one on our list. This gets us into what I'm calling the big four uh, of the releases. Uh, and the first one I'm going to go with is uh, Lana, C J Perry. Um, really, and it's like a big four. Well, I mean, there were s- six names, and you know well i'm i'm going with that i guess visibility i don't know um and the, here's the thing i think that bugs me the most about what happened with Lana CJ Perry whatever we want to call her is her deal whenever they brought her in was to be a manager and she was a great manager she was excellent and then they broke up an act that was crazy over, and then they turned to her and they said, "Well, we want you to start wrestling." Now, the thing here's the thing, and I've got to preface this: if the story I read was correct, because more and more, I'm 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 having to make sure that I am critical of certain, um, you know, web you know sources of internet stuff. Basically, if it's not like observer or fightful then i'm i'm casting a real side eye at it but if it's anything that comes out of like wrestle votes or anything with billy Uh, batty or something like that just hell with it
0: mike johnson and pw insiders probably the best at times so he's also a good one
1: okay so we've got three that are credible and then others that Either waver on credibility or just outright.
0: And and old school, this I'm going old school here, but Raja's still around and he's accurate because he just rips off Meltzer's
2: news (laughs) updates. Yeah, that that takes me back.
0: He's still around. I can't believe
1: There's, (laughs) there's a bunch of places that basically they they pay their web hosting fee. They they use their observer subscription to pay their web hosting fees, but the story that I heard was that during the pandemic Lana was like they're like well you know we want you to rest like during the the whole angle the dumbass angle that they had with Naya was she got a hotel in Orlando so she could go to the performance center every day and try and get better and then what do they do with that angle they build up to her teaming with Asuka to get revenge take her out to put Charlotte in it so she never got payoff for that whole there, angle she got
0: payoff because remember oh. they've Fucked uh, it up because Naya did the my whole thing and then yeah. completely buried like what the point of it was.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember, unfortunately. But you have you have this woman who you hired her to do X, then you turn around, and demand she does Y, she works her tail off to try and do it, and then I can't say this happens, but it sure as hell looks like you start punishing her because her husband, who you fired went to go work for the competition. I mean, she, I, I feel really bad for her. I is, I, I will is, say I guess this. I trying to get at.
0: She was not a good wrestler. I don't think she ever mm-hmm. would be a good wrestler, but I've I've never seen such a bad wrestler put so much effort into trying to not be bad and just not having the the tools necessary to do it. So I mean, she did work really hard at it. That's not her thing though. Well, that she was learning on the fly, first too. Thing. I feel like, yeah, I feel like, that's... I feel like, personally, and Shad's probably gonna wince at this, but I feel like, I feel like professional wrestling is a lot like stand-up comedy, where, like, the first 10 years, you kind of suck ass at it, and then you, like, slowly figure it out and get better, like, start, years 10 yeah. to 20.
1: You start putting the pieces together. That was the hell of it. At the end of my career, I was finally getting the pieces together. I was finally getting it figured, and then I was too hurt to keep doing it, but... Unless you have a really good mentor who helps work you through the stuff, um, which I'm convinced is part of why The Undertaker is as beloved as he is, because he did that with a bunch of people. But So, Lana, CJ Perry, was trying really hard to do something that was not her strength, and then it seemed like she got punished for her husband getting work. Uh, and, you know, now she... Now we don't know what's going to happen. Is she going to go to manage Miro now? I don't
2: know. He doesn't need it.
1: She seems
0: but, like um, TV would be a good option for her.
2: I, I I agree with everything you said, Chad. She really did try hard. She put in the work, but I don't really want to see her on like AEW. Nah. Like I get that they were good. They were a good act, but. There's only That's, so many yeah. roster positions that arguably AEW already has too many people. But there's of – of the list of people that have been released, like I would – there's a lot of people that actually would like to see AEW sign. Mm-hmm. But you have to draw the line somewhere. It's like I I don't really like – I don't really feel a lot of value in managers. Um,
0: well, and but they're, they're already so loaded at manager. Like uh. they have um, – they have Tully, they have Jake, they have um Taz, who's really good, and Vicky Guerrero, who is like really underrated <clears throat> managing. Like they have they have enough managers, I think.
2: And the uh, only yeah. one I would make an exception for is probably Selena Vega, but she can actually wrestle. Um but I don't know. I don't know what's yeah. going on with
1: her. We'll we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. So maybe if CJ Perry wants to go work somewhere In a manager role, maybe something like – because power, NWA is – doesn't really need another manager. But if she were to – you'll have to tell me if I'm off base, but maybe if she went to Impact and built a heel stable that she could be the spokesperson for, that'd probably be a pretty good option. There's just – the hell of it is, no, she's not traveling with her husband, and that sucks for her because they work in the same business, but he doesn't need it. He is – like the promos he's been doing in AEW since he started – since he, um, he, he he turned heel on Kip Sabian, attacked him, and then started cutting promos. He's been killing it, and I'm convinced he was just kind of biding his time to wait for an opportunity to really go for it because he looks around and goes, yeah, they're going to ride this train for a little while. So I'm going to do something fun for a little bit, going now I'm, gonna, I'm really going to dial it up. It was like a beatdown from um, Oz on HBO or something. That, mm-hmm. like, it obviously not not exactly, but that's what his Sabian beatdown was like. And now, you know, he's working really hard and killing it. But CJ, I man, I feel bad for her. Okay, next on my list that I made, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm steering the ship here. Um, that I'm going to go to is Buddy Murphy.
0: So he was always I I I appreciate they tried to push him. I thought his stuff with Seth Rollins was okay even though I don't like Rollins, but he was always a weird fit there for me because he doesn't he's not a WWE guy. Like he doesn't have the charisma for it. I see him like where I think I I think Murphy would be really great is like going to New Japan and having a run there.
2: Uh, I would agree. I think he'd be great for New Japan because he's, I think he's a good worker. Um, and they could slot him in probably to like the the junior heavyweights. And and if that works out, he could probably move up to heavyweights. Like he could be a good like gaijin worker.
1: That was exactly what I heard Alvarez say in a YouTube video this morning. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, go to New Japan and, and go over there and do work rate stuff.
2: He'd also probably work in a place like Ring of Honor. Because they're kind of more like work rate centered. Um, I don't. I agree. Like he's not. He doesn't have the most personality. So I don't. I don't know about like AEW. Maybe if he he goes establish himself in uh, in like New Japan or someplace like that, he could he could maybe come in.
0: The problem you know? I see with him in AEW is, I think he's a really good worker, but I think he. I think he like. I think. He, and I, I don't mean this to sound bad because I do think he's a really good worker, but I think in AEW he's two dime a dozen work rate wise, and I think he doesn't have the nah. charisma to like. He doesn't have like. He doesn't have like what Darby Allen has that's gotten him.
2: Yeah. Over. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I I don't really like a lot of his criticisms, but uh, on the on one of the Observer shows, like Lance Storm gave like some uh some thoughts on this i think it was landstorm and he was like yeah he's a good worker but like so what like AEW has like a ton of well he did he was specifically talking about buddy murphy but he was talking about like uh, jungle boy and he was basically saying like well you know part of the reason why jungle boy hasn't moved up the card although they are kind of now doing something with jungle boy is that like yeah he's a good worker but like so what like there's like a hundred good workers in AEW. like you need to do more you need to like get your promo skills over that's something that will get you that'll make you stand out you need to have some sort of extra something and it's mm-hmm. I kind of think that's a little that is true um I, I Darby Allen has gotten over because he's he's incredibly unique and mm-hmm. the character and everything works like he kind I I've, I've made the comparisons before to like between him and and young Jeff Hardy Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean that the best possible way because there was a time when Jeff Hardy was like ridiculously over. Yeah. And I, I was given that Darby is like straight edge, I, I would hope that he's not going <laughs> to make the same poor life choices that, I, that Jeff made.
0: I would uh, actually argue, like in ring skill wise, like Jeff Hardy doesn't have anything on Darby and never did because, like, there's just like, there is a certain grace to things like Darby Allen does that's like almost like just beautiful. <laughs> like he's almost like that- a he's almost like a ballerina at times like just how much like grace he he reminds me a lot of Finn Balor like Finn Balor has that real like there's something beautiful about the way he moves like and how just like smooth and like easy it is and Darby really has that too
2: The thing that that is understated about Darby that they don't really focus on a lot is that the dude actually has an amateur wrestling background. Like he -hmm. he's actually incredibly like skilled from a from a just a a tactical like perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And they don't really focus on that because, I mean, the dude is like flying around. He's doing like insane spots. So but he can chain wrestle and do it very, very well. What I would say if if people want to say that Darby
1: Allen is like, because I've seen, I swear WWE stands drive me crazy, but I've seen some people like, oh Darby Allen's good, but he's just like a Jeff Hardy ripoff. Like no, no, he's better, and here's why. At the same point of well, not not really the same point. I would never, I don't ever remember seeing Jeff Hardy doing the same kind. of, of nuanced, specific storytelling as, for example, Darby Allen did trying to take out Cody Rhodes' hand in that first match that he and Cody had. Like, the whole story of that match is Cody's trying to put him down and Darby's fighting back by trying to take Cody's right hand out of commission. Like, Jeff Hardy throws himself at stuff and throws himself off of stuff and then gets flung around
0: it was pretty Cody
1: or yeah Darby does way the hell more.
0: It was, it was pretty cool at double or nothing. I don't know if you guys saw, but Ethan page, like press slammed him into the first row onto like his brothers during the match. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing.
1: So uh, I'm going to go back to where we started this from. AEW has this higher skill floor than most other places seem to right now. Like, your average worker, your average roster member in AEW is pretty damn good. And I feel like Buddy Murphy wouldn't stand. You remember early uh, TNA where they had the X division stuff and they're like, Oh, here's six guys that are going to be in this X division match and they're going to go out there and they're going to do their stuff. And it was like the only things that really stood out were like the particular spots they did. But, they – most of them just kind of seemed to run together to me unless someone was particularly special or particularly hit a note with me. I feel like that's where Buddy Murphy would end up in AEW is just lost in the shuffle because he didn't stand out.
0: And I feel like AEW really rewards you if you have something to say. Mm-hmm. Like if you have like – if you have like a real passion and like a real creativity to it. Like I think that's where – miro's stuff is really turned around Is i think he's really grabbed the bull by the horns and it's like his stuff now like i think that's where you get really rewarded in aew and like i just think um i don't know i just don't know like i think he needs to work on some stuff to get there for aew i just
1: i i feel like that buddy and i could be wrong about this I'll admit it. I could very easily be wrong about this, but I don't feel like Buddy Murphy would stand out enough in AEW for it to be worth him going there. You got to say New Japan. I think that's a great idea. Now, the next one on the list, though, might be able to pull it off. Because um, the next one on the list is Aleister Black, which this is like this. Everyone it. It came out of nowhere for everyone because it seemed like he just started doing this program with Big E, and you know, he was finally getting back on TV and all this kind of stuff, and then he's just gone. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, what does Aleister Black slash, I guess, Tommy N now offer that nobody else has? He has a style that doesn't really look like anybody else that's on the rosters i think
0: i like tommy end but i do think um i've always thought he's had a ceiling which i think some people that go over the moon about him are a little off like i i would push him but i don't think he's a guy you ever like make your top guy like i think he's always like he i mean there's nothing wrong with that like i think he's just like a good like upper mid card ish guy that's there to support your stars and maybe like get like some one-off runs with belts to like transition stuff. But I mean, that's not, that's not really a shot at him. I think because that, that's a skill in and of itself is being that guy.
2: I, I thought that, that he was, he was in that role when he was in NXT, like they did have the belt on him for, for like a little bit. Um, And I think that that's fine. And I, I personally, two things. Like, one, I do think he, I would probably agree with you, Brad. Like, I don't know that you'd make him your ace. He's not going to be the ace of your promotion. But I do think you could push him into, like, the main event for periods of time. You can put, like, even put, like, the belt on him. Or keep him at least in the upper mid card and do angles with him. I think that's fine. The or second he, thing, though, is,
0: go ahead. I was going to say, just, just real quick to your point. Or yeah. just have him in the wings in case your champion gets hurt so he can... He can get you by to the next guy.
1: Yeah, and he's second... got a – I'm sorry. I'm going to add real quick, yeah. and then I'll shut up, Matt. He's just got a style and a moveset that makes him look like a credible threat to potentially anybody. So he could he could absolutely do that.
2: Now, Matt, please finish your point. <laughs> the, the, thing, the second thing was just even though that was said, like I would agree, like you know, maybe he's not going to be like your top, top guy. I really do think that once they brought him onto the main roster, it's like push, push him, like push him to that position, like the upper mid card, something like that, because he's unique. He's, he's interesting. Like you could have made him a star. And that's something that I, I, I like bang my head against the wall with what the WWE does in the last like few years. It's like, you have guys who have established that they can get over. They're unique enough. Like you, why don't you push them as like the top stars? You're not, you don't need to find the next John Cena or the next Roman. Like, that's not something that you necessarily need to do with these guys. But there's no reason why guys like Black or Ricochet, like, shouldn't have been pushed into, like, the upper mid card. You should be focusing some of your shows on on them. They're, they're younger. They're unique. They can get people behind them. Like, maybe you could grow the audience. Like, that should be, like, the big thing. It should be about growing the audience, even if you're not going to, like, make these guys, like, the centerpiece of your... That- your promotion like they they have the skills that they could it's all about it's think back like to the attitude era it's like you didn't just have like everyone focused on austin rock but it wasn't actually just those two it was austin it was rock it was triple h it was cactus jacks or mick foley it was big show it was fucking billy gunn even it was undertaker it was you had like 10 guys that you were pushing at the time as like big big deals and like
0: it's an argument i had when when braun was really hot is people people would were defending the choice not to put the belt on because they're like well he has a shelf life and i'm like well yeah he has a shelf life but like why can't he have the belt and just murder people until people get tired of it because what if you make yeah. more money doing that for six months and yeah like people get tired of it and you have to like push him down the cart afterwards like that's six months of money you didn't have before
1: I, well, we'll get into him in a minute, but it, it, you mentioned two guys. I'll throw in a third one. You had Ricochet Black and Mustafa Ali, who Uh, don't work like anybody else on the roster. Push them as mid card, upper mid card guys because they get over. They're popular. We know they are because people react to them. Let them do some stuff with some other people, have something a little bit different on the card. But no, we don't, we don't have that. And, you know, I'm convinced that Vince didn't get or didn't like Tommy and Alistair Black or whatever, because as soon as he left NXT, he he tagged with Ricochet for what like six months, and then he all he did on TV was have a promo where he sat in the room and waited for someone to knock on the door to challenge him, and nobody did, and it's like he didn't he literally did nothing with him. While still having him on T V and then when he was on TV, like Vince just I'm convinced Vince just didn't like him and didn't no, I, any
0: I I'm gonna say this. I think I think um I think Tommy N's deal is a little too modern of a concept for a seventy year old man and even like a fifty five year old man like Bruce to get. So like I think it sucks that he didn't get pushed, but like he he's a little Whether, too I don't think I don't think like um, I don't think someone of Vince's age is going to understand like the modern like goth punk like bar brawler thing that like black had going for him.
1: So, you know, it's not going to happen. It doesn't matter whether Bruce Pritchard gets it or not, because Bruce just does what Vince tells him to.
0: Well, Bruce would have been like, well, this guy wasn't here 10 years ago. Like, I'm not going to use him.
1: I, I'm I'm convinced that Bruce Pritchard is there to direct things to play to Vince, so Vince will be happy. I'm convinced that's what he's doing. I
0: mean, yeah, is. that's why he's there. But like, other people have done much better jobs doing that than Bruce
2: has. Uh, <sighs> I think in the last uh, in the last week, maybe it was. It might have been Meltzer. I think it was definitely on the Observer. I think it was Meltzer made the point that, yeah, Black is. Vince has an idea of what a wrestler should be and, and black like never never fit that mold for him. So
0: he's he, very not gonna do anything with it. He's not he and he's not I mean, by any definition, he's not like a your typical standard issue wrestler, like um mm-hmm. he kind of missed his calling by being a decade too late and not being in like Pancrase and stuff. Mm. Or battle arts. That would have been his like I
1: can see that. Yeah. I could see that. Well, it, or, I guess the question is, do we see Tommy in popping up anywhere? I mean, everyone's going to say AEW.
2: I guess that could be a good fit. I think Impact I,
0: would be a good spot for him, honestly.
2: I, I'm i probably higher on, on Black than maybe you guys are. I actually would like to see him in, in AEW. Uh, I'm not against him.
1: It's just I don't. I don't feel like, because I haven't been able to watch their watch the TV, the shows like much at all here lately. Um, I don't feel, I don't feel like I've got a good enough grip on how AEW is right now to know if he'd feel like he'd fit or not.
0: Ooh, I could I could get behind Tommy End versus uh, Lance Archer though, because <clears throat> that um I was really excited for was it Miro versus Lance Archer? I was really pumped for
2: that that was booked pretty well
0: i, I actually I've, I've really grown to like lance archer but um i just I've, I've liked him since he was in like the killer elite squad and stuff he's he's not like the most amazing in ring guy but i just like his personality and stuff he he found
2: like a niche and has run with it and i get i will give him credit like i i i generally like him and I would agree. Like when they when they were doing the Killer Elite Squad stuff, is probably when I started liking him. It's really interesting because I mean, if there was a long there was a long period of time where he was kind of like a joke, or at least co- wrestling fans kind of considered him like a joke. When he was like, Dallas. Yeah, and even probably part of like the whole the rock and rave connection in, yeah. in TNA. But that the man has uh the man's gotten good. Like he's he found yeah. again he found like his gimmick he found his niche and he's run with it. kudos to him
0: yeah shad you'll appreciate this so in japan like part of his gimmick is when he'd come out he would have a water bottle and he'd spit water on the fans and then he'd run out of water and he would toss the water bottle and he opened his coat and he'd have like a whole line of water bottles in his (laughs) jacket and he'd keep doing it the whole time it was amazing nice
1: i like that that's fun so the last one on the list um, I feel like at this point, the benefit we have is we've got a bit more info and consideration on it. But um, we already brought up was Strowman. I even had a Braun Strowman T-shirt for a bit.
0: They had t T-shirts for him. I wanted oh, one, and because like, I think I remember I wanted one, and I went on the site, and they only had one shirt for him. And it was like Braun Goatman or something, and I was just like, ugh. And the I one I got...
1: It was black and it had a gold design on the front with the big M for the Monster Among Men thing, and it had like the weird design of his face on it. But mm-hmm. it was it was more of a design and it wasn't like too complicated, so I was down with that. But then, you know, after they pretty much pissed away his heat, I just donated it to the Salvation Army
2: because I was it, like, I'm gonna keep it. They well, <laughs> sidebar like the the WWE shirts like their WWE shops zone shirts have been awful for like probably yeah. at least two, two, three years. But
0: and if it's not new day, it's terrible. No, it's been bad longer than that. I'd say like at least eight years, if it's not new day or that the random like one-off hits, they get like Rusev day, like they've, they've been generally bad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I recall I was, I was at SmackDown 1000, the 1000th SmackDown show. Yeah. Uh, Cause that was that aired that, that event took place in Washington, D.C. I went to that um, with my wife. That was October 16th, 2018. Yeah. And at that time, so that's going on like two and a half years ago, he, Braun was arguably the most over, one of the most over guys on that entire roster. Because when he came out, like the entire arena like erupted and he was super over and he
1: was doing such cool stuff at the They night. got
2: him over because they booked him well like he was dude, booked as the monster he was booked as like
1: they a, had the dude flipping ambulance on its side remember yes now, you know, that's you know, not possible but it was still so cool to watch you know
0: what i think got him over though is remember that match on that random raw where he and big show just had that amazing match
2: Mm. Yes. Yes. That like, was very much show
1: like passing the torch to him.
0: Well actually Meltzer mentioned that because they they were talking about that guy they brought up and they were like it wouldn't work like Big Show and Braun did because they were like the new guy's not as good as Braun was and Braun's not as good as Big Show, so it would just suck.
1: Oh. Uh,
2: uh almost the guy that yeah, tagging yeah. with AJ.
0: Yeah. So that's why they were they were talking about that. But like
2: I heard that too, Meltzer. But Meltzer was arguing like, well, they got rid of Braun because almost is like the new giant plaything, and it's like, okay, but it's concerning to me that the guy has only ever been in, in these tag matches with with AJ, and um, when he's in those matches, he's not actually doing a I lot. Think, so.
0: I think I think I think Meltzer was more on the money when he was talking about how they've been getting rid of those guys that leveraged. AEW yep. into big contracts and i think i think what happened here is i think i think they just wanted to cut some costs and braun probably makes like 1.5 million on his downside and they were like well, his like, downside
1: was 1.2 million a year
0: yeah so see i i can say there's merit to him but if you're wanting to cut costs like i think i think you could cut braun and not be out much and but get that money back so I think I think he was just a casualty of his salary.
1: Well, and Braun also had a history. I'm sorry, Matt, I'll let you go in a yeah. second. Had a history of doing things that were kind of pissing people off backstage, like showing up late and leaving early. Yeah. And
2: I, I, what I was going to say is, like, I I actually have been a have been a Braun fan. Like, I like I generally like him. Like I said, he was, like, massively over, and then they they didn't do fucking anything with him. They didn't put the title on for, like, another, like, year and a half when no one fucking cared about him anymore. They had, you know, God forbid you actually put the title on a guy who was, like, super over. Let's just have Brock Lesnar hold hold the title for, like, eight months while while working, like, three matches.
1: I think that was in the time period on this podcast that I drove the phrase strike while the iron's hot into the ground. (laughs)
2: I generally I've kind of been like a broad fan, but from what the stories I have heard from people and even like personal stories where it's like people who like interacted with him, not not like at WWE work, like staff members, but guys where it's like, yeah, I, I helped out like driving guys like from the airport to the show or from the hotel to the, the show, something like that. Like he's kind of apparently he's kind of like a dick. Oh so, really? Yeah, he's apparently like not necessarily the nicest guy. Mm. Chipotle uh, seemed to like him. Well, he might. I mean, he's not. No one I doubt is, is ever like an asshole at 100% of the time. Oh, just he seemed like there he, was he a wasn't well, back.
0: there was a story about what his chipotle order was, and it was like obscene. It was like 3,000 calories for his burrito, <laughs> and they said like if they saw him coming up the street, like they started making it for him. Cause they just knew what his order was. It was like chicken. Like, I think he got like chicken. He got like the steak and maybe double steak. And then he got like everything in it. I don't remember where I read that though. I think it might've been on ESPN
1: at the time. Well, the, the other thing that, see, here's the other interesting thing about Braun is I don't think I ever heard a story about him declining to do something they wanted him to do. He was always up for I guess damn near anything they asked him to do. He just did it. Which you would think Vince would love that, but then I guess he just he either pissed Vince off too much too often with some backstage gaffes or he just negotiated too damn
0: well. Well I think yeah I think um I think though being up for anything they ask of you is a bad quality in a top guy like um people are probably going to disagree but i think i think if you're a top guy in wrestling like you have to be a little bit selfish like i think i think um
1: you have to protect yourself yeah
0: and that that requires you to be a little bit selfish like i think um i think some guys get unfairly villainized for stuff like that like when guys like bash on like hogan from like Anywhere from like eighty four to like eighty eight for not jobbing to someone, my response is like he was Hulk Hogan at his peak, like he should not have jobbed you, sorry. Like Yeah. Yeah. But like I think I think that like to being too willing to do stuff, like I actually think that hurts Cena long term and he could have been a bigger star if he would have been more willing to say no.
2: Yeah, maybe so.
1: What were you gonna say, Matt? Uh
2: I would actually probably agree. Uh, with brad that it's like it's he he, well and kind of with you too it's like he i think he negotiated too well like he was getting paid like so much damn money (laughs) i i can actually see that it's like them cutting him because of that it he's made comments before where he this is not this is kind of like another knock on him it's not not a point in his favor but he's made comments where essentially it's like he i think he's of that mindset that if it's not WWE like it doesn't exist or it's yeah. it's you know yeah. it's garbage if it's, it's not like, scottish it's crap yeah it's it's so it's questionable whether he would go to another promotion and if he if he was making like 1.2 million like there's even there's no one who can really compete with that except for maybe AEW and AEW I doubt is going to remotely pay if they were to accept him or want him there's no chance they're gonna pay. They're gonna
0: pay and him that he's much. Got, I think he's gotten in back to Hollywood and doing like stunt work and stuff because that's where <clears> he came <throat> from originally. So I think he has. <clears throat> but like if 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 I was like Impact, I think I would I would.
2: Oh, they would. They would absolutely love to get him. <laughs> that said, I actually it would not surprise me if he pops back in the WWE like and I mean soon like because if oh, you're yeah. if you're him like it would suck to lose that money, but maybe you just go back to them and be like, you know what? All right, let's just like negotiate a new deal for a big pay cut. And in that sense, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they took him back. If he's like willing to take like a, a big pay cut, then he could probably, he'd probably bring him back. Cause the, no. the dude, they, they did kind of ruin him, but he's a guy who he really should have been
0: bigger than he I mean, was.
2: Yeah, he should he should essentially be like have become the the, the modern generation's version of Kane, where it's like mm-hmm. he's 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 big, he's like a monster, he's believable as a monster. You do some stuff with him while he's at his peak, and then if if you, he's not at his peak anymore, you can kind of transition him into doing stuff with guys like getting them over. But he's still because of his size and the kind of like cachet that he's built the aura you built with him for like years you can kind of still bring him back and put him at angles and he's he's just so damn strong that he could heft anything
0: i think um i think if he was smart what he would do is he would sign like a year with impact and Mm -hmm. do it like at a discount and maybe do some japan stuff like really do i think he needs to like look at what drew mcintyre did and maybe take, yeah. like, a year or two and do that, like, indie redemption tour, like, you know, figure out the right opponents, really, like, hone his craft and, like, kind of build that buzz of, like, hey, you know, that Braun guy's really gotten better. And then, like... I don't
1: think that... Um, I don't think places would have him. Oh, you Sorry. Don't think... You don't think... No, if, if you're... Not, not initially. Well, initially they would. Initially, but yeah, come on in. And then if... Okay. But and, and I'm going to say think this. Think
0: about your like a local indie. Think about like your your. Let's say you're one of your indies in Kentucky, and let's say let's say for two thousand dollars you could bring Braun Strowman in, and like you could advertise that and draw like eight hundred fans off of like a recent top WWE guy. Like you don't think you don't think you wouldn't put up with the headache if you could if Let you me, could like triple your draw for a night on him.
1: After after that initial go round, if the kind of stuff that I hear about the backstage thing is true after that initial go around, people are going to sour on him so hard. They're just not going to want to bring him back. And so, yeah, he'd have that initial loop that he would do. And then he wouldn't anymore. And it's like, well, your redemption tour is done. First of all, because you already said anything, if it's not WWE, it's crap. So, and then second, you know, you do that, you come in, like, I'm approaching this kind of from a selfish indie mindset, but it's like, you know, if you bring a guest in, then the the guest's big thing is I'm coming in and I'm getting a payday, but you really should be doing something for putting over somebody who's local in, in the promotion. Braun wouldn't do that. Like, but I mean, what he it, would
0: be—he would be bringing more fans in, though.
1: So, he would yeah. be bringing more fans in, yes, but you really should be doing something for the promotion that brings you in, and I don't think it's going to happen.
0: I mean, you could work around that, though. You could—you could—you could just have him crush someone in the promotion that's not like of any real value to you as a promotion.
1: You could, but
0: you could even like bring someone else in for him that he would be comfortable with. I mean, that's not the worst option.
1: But any well, not that much money to throw for it. But I don't know. I think the most likely scenario is what you guys said is that Braun resigns at a smaller contract.
2: Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. But I actually I like Brad's idea. Like I as. I would be actually super cu- curious to see Braun in, like, New Japan. I mean, New Japan has a history of, of just of signing, like, monster gaijins. And it'd be interesting to see. They are... New Japan's in a weird spot because they really, like, took a beating with the with the pandemic. They're kind of, like...
0: And they've, they made some really... I mean, I think this year they've really made some huge unforced errors with their booking.
2: I would agree. I... It's it really 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 bothers me that they immediately took the title off Kodabushi and put it on Osprey, who may or may not be injured. Uh, there's a lot of ambiguity. <laughs> um, seriously injured, at least he's injured. Just I don't know. They they put they just put the title back on. Uh, wasn't there on back
0: on? What wasn't it? Did you post that? Did you share that with me, or was it like about? um there was that whole tour fiasco and he went home and he shouldn't have gone home so they took the belt off of him or something like
2: there i haven't read the observer to see what any inside information may have been shared or theorized like but there are there's a lot of like rumors that he, he is injured like he's posted even like an mri which shows you know his neck is is affected i I don't know if it's, like, herniated disc or bulging disc. Like, the dude does have, like, neck issues. But there are – there's, like, rumors that, you know, oh, he's not as hurt to the point where it's, like, he needs to drop the title and take time off. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you have a neck injury, like, you have at least, like, bulging discs, like, maybe you need to, like, take some time off. But still, like, I've heard rumors where it's, like, well – you know, maybe he's not that hurt, but there was something I did here which I didn't think was plausible. In that, and this is probably this is part of their like unforced errors. Like New Japan told like foreign talent, they told the guys, like, yeah, like there's been some shutdowns because of COVID in Japan, so like you guys can you guys can go home because we're not. It's gonna be a while before we reopen and start doing shows." So they they said that, and then literally like days later, they're like, "Oh yeah, just kidding. Like we don't go home." Uh, but Osprey was kind of like, no, fuck this, like I'm I'm going home. But there are there's allegedly like there's allegedly things going on behind the scenes that like a lot of the gaijin apparently are not happy. I don't know if they're I don't think I don't the rumor I think is that they're not necessarily being treated fairly. Well
0: someone some there was a COVID scare in there too with the gaijin talent, which I think yeah. you can lay at uh, New Japan's feet.
2: Well, I mean, I know COVID scare. Like there are guys who had COVID. Like Okada, yeah. uh, Okada for sure, had COVID, and there were other people too. Well, I think a Gaijin I
0: think... got it, um, or tested positive. But that Maybe. might be mixed up in the Okada thing. I know, I know, I know the COVID situation played a role in that, and they were very unhappy with uh, New Japan's handling of that. And I would, I could, I can't blame them from what I read.
2: hmm Um, but yeah, they took the. T- title off Osprey I mean off well off off a of bushin they put on Osprey and then it's been kind of like a debacle I think. They I think they're trying to write the ship because they put the title on Shingo Takagi who's a who's a very good worker and he's something new and different. So I think maybe they're trying to try and do something new, trying trying to write the ship. But Braun come if Braun were to come in for time, I actually think that would be really interesting. And he's to slouch I too I think
0: did. I think that's what needs to be stated is he's not a stiff like he has. He's not amazing, but he has talent.
2: I've heard I mean, Meltzer when he was talking about Braun last week. Almost was dogging him. He's like when he was talking about almost that almost comparison that you brought up. He was like, well, Braun's not as good as Big Show. And it's like I probably, yes, I would. I would agree with that Big Show. I do think is a better worker, but Big Show is also in it. Well, has but, been in the business longer than Braun, but I actually, and Braun, Big
1: Show was mentored by some top yeah. in talent. Too. But he was, he
0: was, he wasn't necessarily dogging Braun because he he also said almost isn't as good as Braun, and that's also why it wouldn't work because he was saying like, well, Big Show is really good, but Braun was good enough to hold his end of the matches up. So what he's saying is like, Braun isn't at Big Show's level, and the other guy isn't even as good as Braun was to hold up like his end of the matches is what he was saying. So I don't necessarily think he was dogging Braun because he did compliment him like saying he was he was game two. Just a
1: quick sidebar, but I don't see almost actually going anywhere.
0: Like the fact that
1: they have they've attached him to AJ and all he does is come in for the finish on matches. I don't see this going anywhere. This is going to be like it's not going to be Nathan Jones bad, but I'm pretty sure it's going to flame out.
0: They have Mansoor running around now, too, who's. Who's not great either. Yeah. And the one guy, the one guy I actually found intriguing. I can't remember his name now. The one that was doing the raw underground thing. Oh,
2: was. the guy who's with the guy who's with. Um, He's with Apollo, Apollo now.
0: Yeah, like that guy, I, was, I, I actually find intriguing, they've, but
2: they've changed his name. He he was Babatunde. Mm hmm. But let me see. Let me look up. What oh, was this
1: that, the guy they were putting in like the Generalissimo Gear or something? Yes.
2: Yeah. I mean, his real uh, name is Babban Day. Um, right. Right. Uh, and he actually he was uh he was an offensive lineman for the Vikings. I think like he he actually has an actual you know real sports background. But okay, his name <laughs> his name is now uh, Commander Aziz. Ugh. Uh, it's I don't I actually like that the kind of the gimmick that they're they've done now with Cruz which people have people on Twitter have argued is racist but it's it's a, a gimmick that Cruz actually came up with himself and i would argue it's not it's not like explicitly racist he's just doing a variation of the of the the beaten to death but still relevant trope of you know the arrogant cocky heel yeah it's just that instead of being like, oh, I'm the best wrestler, that's why I'm cocky, or I'm rich, like that's why I'm cocky, or even someone like CM Punk, when he was doing the straight edge stuff, he's like, oh, I, I'm straight edge, that means I'm better than you, cocky I mean, heel. It's he's tw- just, it's he's Twitter, just like I'm descended from. Ist. Yeah, a, his his gimmick is just like I'm descended from Nigerian royalty, that means I'm better than you. It's just, it's he's just a cocky heel, and I actually like what they're doing with him. Like I think he's interesting, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I don't know, I don't know why they have it. it the problem I have it, It's the same thing they always do Sorry, the sidebar, it's just like They have a, a big dude It's like, okay, I've seen this script A million times, like you did it with Sid You did it with Diesel It's like you, you actually want to get The big guy over You're just pairing him with a smaller The actual smaller talented worker Who you're going to like fuck over And you're going to push the big guy, the big guy. It's not going to work because it worked like twice. Remember it it worked with Sid and it worked with Nash.
0: Remember, remember though, we were, we all thought, um, when they started pushing Cena and the rapper gimmick, we all thought that it was really just to get bling, bling Buchanan over.
2: I mean, if they could have, it probably would have been. Yeah. (laughs) I I
1: didn't think Buchanan was going to be the one that came out of that, to be honest with
0: you. When did, was it? It was Bling Bling Buchanan, right? And then they they later like reduced it to B two, I think.
1: Something like that. You know, yeah, I actually thought like
0: I actually thought in a different promotion Buchanan could have actually been something because he actually did have talent.
1: Mm hmm.
0: They just kind of left
1: him out to dry was the problem. Yeah, like, they did. They they his weaknesses were exposed with what they wanted him to do, and so he he didn't get. It he couldn't play to his strengths cause they were on such full display, but yeah.
0: I, I think, um, I think Ruby Riott and Murphy are the most likely to pop up in other promotions um, out of the group that got released.
1: Um, you know, given the, the, uh, the lack of, of named women talent, that are floating around in the ether right now, I, th- I think she would probably be the, the most spot on to, or the most sure bet to have a job. The last twist I wanted to throw into this. And I, cause I was looking at the, the release list from here recently and something struck me and I realized, and this was not part of the great bloodletting back on April 15th. It was just after it. And I can't help but wonder the stories were that Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, they couldn't come to terms on his contract. I can't help but wonder if they didn't come to terms on his contract so that they could not look like as bad a people for not renewing him.
0: Uh, he seemed and to be – cuttings. He Like um, he was
1: kind of checked out.
0: Because he begged them – he was begging them to not put him in the Mania main event going into that. And then he said afterwards he felt nothing. So I think, um, which we, we never, did we ever talk about that? How he, he wanted, bit. he wanted to come back that bad that he did all that experimental stuff to come back to wrestling. And they somehow beat his love of wrestling out of him within two years of like coming back.
2: I, um, I don't know what he's going to do. Um, but that's a guy he's, he, I think he's just turned 40. So, you know, he's, He's older now, but it's 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 Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson, whatever you want to call him. Like, I feel if he's healthy and if he wants to continue and he's not interested in going back to the WWE, like he literally can every, his, he can write yeah, his ticket wherever. Yes, wants to literally go. every promotion should want should be trying to tripping over themselves, trying to, to sign him like Tony Khan, AEW absolutely should be trying to sign him because um, even if you get just a couple years out of him. Like, then you could, you know, if he's willing, you could transition him into being, like, uh, a coach. You could uh, have him train guys. You could have him do commentary. I mean, shit, he did commentary at, at certain points in his career. Like, he's done that. And he's he's entertaining. Like, he, he has too much value, even at 40, to not try, not, not yeah. do something. And, obviously, like, there are, there are people who just fans would love to have him work in like place like new Japan because uh, he would probably have like fantastic matches with literally probably everyone on that so, roster i think supposedly be... there was
1: uh, i was gonna say supposedly part of the sticking point in the contract negotiations was that he wanted to have the flexibility to go do some new japan stuff and they wouldn't let him and if anybody's gonna have if anybody would have had the leverage to pull it off it would have been him but brad go ahead and
0: I was going to say I think I I could see him wanting a lighter work schedule too so he can spend time with his family cuz he does have yeah. How old is his kid now? Like 3 or 4?
1: Well, he's got 2 now.
0: Oh, cuz
1: and the youngest one. Thirty ones. is the older one and the young his son is the younger one who's real new.
0: So I think I think they're, they're, his kids are getting to that age where I think he'd want to be around more. So I yeah. could see him wanting like a lighter workload.
2: I mean, I don't think you can do outside of maybe like impact, which would be almost like small potatoes to him. Like I, yeah. you can't probably do much better than AEW because AEW, I mean, they have so that they're, they're going to essentially have four shows. It's going to yeah. be dark and elevation, which are going to, you know, YouTube shows. And then you have dynamite and whatever the new show is going to be, which is starting uh, rampage. West, rampage, whatever
0: the Mark Henry property is.
2: Yes. Uh um, <laughs> And then you have like obviously pay per views, but even if even if AEW goes back to actually does touring like shows whatever, I doubt I doubt they'd be doing that if I, they do it. You know, I if, doubt they'd be doing it that often. So, and he probably wouldn't if he signed a deal with them. Like he probably wouldn't even have to do that. Like you're you're talking about like, he would maybe have to work if he just did one one show a week plus like pay per views for special events. You're talking like, what, 60, 60 shows a year, maybe maybe a little bit over that. It's like that's even if you have a a big pay cut because they're not they don't they don't make or can't spend WWE money like you could make a good amount of money just doing like for like a limited amount of shows. Plus, they have the flexibility where it's like, oh, hey, Daniel, you want to you want to go do a New Japan tour like that's cool.
0: But I That's think my... I think though he could, where he could clean up though is I think he has enough leverage that he could probably negotiate with like pro wrestling tees and get like a larger cut for himself.
2: Oh yeah.
1: I was thinking my two favorite things about AEW don't even have to do with the talent there. Number one, the creative freedom that everybody has. They come up with something. I want to do this. All right, go out there and if it. You know, see if you can make it work. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, well, time to work on something else. Like there's the creative freedom for that. And number two, the openness they have to work with other people. They don't even before COVID hit, you know, they're not. Yeah, they're touring and, and doing shows in different locations, but they weren't killing their people with a road schedule. You could go work other places if you wanted to like those two things right there say to me at least hey we value the guys that are on our roster you know we want to take care of them in one way or another and compare working like matt said what 60 shows a year to wwe schedule that would be like a working vacation for the guy like it's it seems like the best of both worlds Or he might just go, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make a list of promotions and I'm just going to go and talk to him and do a short run with each one of them because, you know what, I can and I feel like it because that sounds like something he might do, too. He might be like, hey, I'm going to do one tour in New Japan and then I'm going to do three months with Impact and then I'm going to go down and I'm going to do three months with, I don't know, AAA or something. He could do that because he's got that kind of leverage.
0: You know what I I was gonna say one of the underrated storylines of the last year is that Eddie Kingston and John Moxley tried to beat each other up then earned each other's respect and now they're just best buds <laughs> and beat beat other people up.
2: Mhm. I personally would have put the tag titles on them. Yeah,
0: worry, that was you, a mistake. You, I'm betting
2: you don't bitten. even have to have it to be like a long run. You could literally have them. Hold the titles for like a month and then put it back on the Young Bucks. But I think he um, deserve I, I think that was some, like that's further like cementing Moxley as like your ace because that's something that like it very ace behavior where it's like yeah. if he's not in the world title picture, he's still in like a title picture because he wins like the tag titles or something like that.
1: And I'm I think, thinking I think um, Kingston that,
2: deserves a title.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm thinking that the that them losing that was to give Mox some time off for his daughter to be born. Maybe like for him to be home for that. But I agree with you. Kingston dessert. I hope Kingston gets a world title run in AEW at some point so he can retire as a world champion because my God, the man is so good. And it looks like he's finally got it together. And then, uh, you know, like you said, Mox being the ace there, just doing all kinds of stuff all over the place. I love it. Like Mox is so much fun to watch on their shows. Uh, but, yeah, I'm suspecting that that's, that's I, paternity leave.
0: I would have put the belts on, too. I feel like that was a mistake on their part.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty sure it's setting up for paternity leave.
0: Oh, well. So, we got anything else we want to discuss on this one?
1: I, do you have something, Chad? No, I think uh, that, that runs down my list. That's all I've got for it. I, I have two. Okay, um,
2: go for it, man. We kind of t- talked about it before, but... I guess it's a it's a question as to whether he's healthy or not. But I I would personally, if I was like AEW, I I would sign Samoa Joe. Yeah. Um. I guess the big and like the big question is like, it, can he actually like is can he be medically cleared? Because it's it's weird that within a year, like for an entire year, like he wasn't cleared by WWE. So I don't know what's going on. The Obviously
1: story with, I heard was. The reason that he didn't renew his contract is he was cleared to go, but they wanted to keep him in the commentary role. And he's like, no, I want to wrestle. And they're like, no, we want you to do commentary. I mean, like, I'm not resigning then. That's my understanding.
0: I think I think okay. the problem, too, is I think they – I I think I, and I mean people might have a problem with that, but I can't say I totally blame them. I think they, they lost faith in his ability to stay healthy even if he was cleared, I think. Because I, I mean – I mean there's there's gotta be a point where you're just like, I don't know, like do we really wanna like deal with this and have him get hurt in two months? Like so I mean I really like Joe, but I can't necessarily blame them for losing some of their faith in his ability to stay healthy.
2: Maybe. But I if I was if I was AEW, um I would try and sign him.
0: There's there's no loss if you're AEW. If he gets hurt in two months and he can't do anything else, I mean sometimes you gotta you gotta take your take your shot
2: he's he's just hurt he just turned 42 so he's you know he's he's older now he's he's had injuries but i think i think you take a chance on him you you get a couple maybe big angles or big storylines big feuds with him while you can and then he's a dude that he, you know he can talk, so you can you could put him as an announcer, or you can put him in the booth, or you could do something with him like you've done with Taz, where it's like he becomes essentially like a player coach, where you could have him mentor people, you could have him be part of like a stable where he's largely like the mouthpiece, but he's also competitive. I mean, he's. I think you still try and you take a chance, you try and do stuff with him.
0: I think. Um, I think though, um, if it was me and AEW, I think I'd say like, look, this is what we'll offer you. But you got it. You got it. You got to do this one thing. You got to lose 20 or 30 pounds and come in in shape like we we want you to be healthy. But like but like some of this stuff, like you got to lose some weight, buddy, because that's part of the problem. I think I think someone's got to to him.
1: It might be um, the. I'm convinced and I, I, I can't base this anything off of. Uh, anything other than a gut feeling right now, but I'm convinced there was at least one stretch in his WWE tenure where he wasn't hurt, but they still weren't doing anything with him and, you know, just kind of sitting around, letting him, you know, not basically wasting him by having him sit around like that. So if you were just to, if, if Tony Khan were to sit down with him and say, Hey, look, Joe, we want to bring you in, but I want you to have some time to, um, you know, really get yourself, you know, I really want you to get in shape. I really want you to, to you know, we want to get you squared up. We want you to be healthy because we want to do stuff with you. Um, and we you want know, you ah. to
0: come out like on fire, which I think if you if you really work out hard, lose some weight, like you're going to feel lighter. And it's going to really give you some some pop when you when you move and stuff. Yeah. which I think people want to see.
1: I just want to see Joe come out and start kicking ass, but yeah. I, I've been a Joe Mark for 20 years. I can't help myself.
0: But, I mean, I love Joe. I just think at his age, like, I think a company needs to, like, kind of get him to... And I think I think Kevin Steen's, like, heading to that area, too. Where, like... Well,
1: and and ha- when you get him, do something immediately. Don't dick around. Yeah, no, definitely. Which, I think... Okay, so let's let me i'm gonna i'm gonna forecast for a second here the storyline that got going on right now is omega has the world title and he's got a death grip on it and he's he's hanging on to as many belts as he can so whoever you have take it off of him needs to be someone that you're really going to want to have be over someone you're you're going to be pushing big i don't know who it's going to be yet but okay that's fine whoever it is is going to be a huge baby face right You go to Joe, and you're like, look, we're not going to announce that you're on the roster or anything. But when we get to this point right here, we want to debut you to come out here and kick the absolute living hell out of this guy. We're going to put you in the program right away. This is what – if you do this, we do this, and here we go. And so all of a sudden, you could have – I know it's not – this isn't going to be the case, but he's got a match coming up anyway. Let's say that Jungle Boy does – take it off of omega right because he's he's just bonkers over even if jungle boy doesn't talk much he's just he's still crazy over he takes it off of omega he's got the he's like yeah yeah no i did it i did i finally this is huge then all of a sudden just go get go pay impact to get his music from there because it was wwe basically did the same thing he had out comes Joe, the music hits, everyone's head whips toward it. Joe just comes out, steps through the ropes, and proceeds to murder Jungle Boy with three, four moves. Pick up the title, point to himself, drop it, and walk out. You've got the program set up, you go into the next big pay-per-view, Jungle Boy fights real game, that sort of stuff, but Joe's just too much of a force. Beats him, holds up the belt, and guess what? You have it, it pays off immediately. Like you, your, your story is immediately going to pay off. People are going to tune in to see Joe. They're going to be pissed that he just killed your brand new hot baby face. They're going to, you know, Joe is not, there's not going to be this cool down period where someone's on the roster. Like Miro did, he did fine. He was on the roster for a while. He was doing something kind of fun and silly to kind of relax before he turned on, turned it on for the gimmick he's doing now. And then, you know, you're off to the races. And if Joe gets hurt somewhere at that point, he can always come back and say, "I didn't lose that. You're gonna give that back to me." You know, not not hard at all. Sorry, I, I went like fantasy booking oh, you're, rant you're there. No. <laughs> what, what, yeah. what
0: was what was the other one you wanted to mention, Matt?
2: It, well, uh, the big uh, the big an- announcement, the big debut this past uh, this past week, which I think is a fantastic move by AEW, is that they signed Andrade. Yeah. yeah. Which was essentially a no-brainer. Like somebody, somebody was going to sign him because he's mm-hmm. he's in my opinion he's too talented, and he was absolutely squandered. And to bring it full circle, to talk about uh, <laughs> Orlando Colon, Orlando Colon actually somebody interviewed him in the last few days, uh, or some sometime recently. No, it was the last few days actually, and he mentioned that he had a conversation with Andrade, and Andrade was like back in march was was quite bitching he was bitching it's like they have me in catering like i'm Mm -hmm. doing nothing it's and every week i'm in catering and he couldn't stand it which why why wouldn't he because the dude is young he's 31 he's turning 32 like you literally could have like another 10 years of him at a high level uh he's he's Actually, a uh, much better promo that he's given credit for. He's a fantastic worker. Uh, he has he's star good looking. power.
0: He has like yes, he has star power.
2: Yes, he has charisma. He he's good looking, and I I know I I personally like bring up like looks a lot on the show, uh, and people have tried to downplay it like that, but it's like no, it, it's, wrestling is still like a visual a, industry. It's yeah, a meet, it's a visual it's a
0: industry, is what I it call is.
2: It. So the fact that he's a handsome guy, like actually helps him. And like he he mm-hmm. you can present him as a star. And he it works because he has all these other things that are working in his favor. He's talented, he's charismatic, etc. But that's a that's a, it's almost like a no-brainer signing, but I think that they can do a ton with him. Uh the thing is I don't know how I don't know right away how they're gonna push him. Um and that's I don't that's not a criticism mate. AEW. The problem is the problem and as it gets it's a good problem to have is that AEW has a ton of guys that they they need to move up into the main event scene, which I think they're going to do. But it also you have to they take their time doing it.
0: I think um, I think I think when you get someone like Andrade though, you have to clear the board and like start over from scratch because he's like he is. um he is a game changer and you, you can't like yes. do what you normally do. Like you have to, you have to clear the pass and like really rethink what you're doing because he needs to come in and like immediately like make an impact.
2: I agree. Um, so you, you may have to shuffle the deck and move him, push him pretty high up there pretty quickly. Um, but I do think, even though I I've said, I, I do think it, AEW should try and sign certain guys like I think Andrade is like a no-brainer but I also think I think a guy like Black could work really well in AEW um, I do like that AEW generally has like an incredible like if you're if you're want to compare it to uh, like baseball whatever like they have their their like back bench is like phenomenal like they, mm-hmm. the guys that they are you know putting out there on the field right now are fantastic but they're the guys who are you know warming up are they the future is very bright I think for AEW I mean you have guys like Darby and Nero and, and even Jungle Boy, MJF of course like these are guys who are like they're not quite at the main event level but they easily can be slotted in there and the obviously the, the booking has shown that they want to move these guys into the main event scene very soon like with probably the next like year or two and,
0: I mean I'd say MJF's main event and I'd say Darby's like starting to brush into it
2: MJF, arguably his main event, but he's not, it's not like a sustained main event quite yet, I think, but he's, he's almost there. Like, I, I think if I was booking AEW, I think, or at least how I think they're going to book is I think the direction is that he probably want to have Hangman Page take the title off Omega. Mhm because yeah. it's been like two years of trying to build him up, and i think I think people would be behind it, and but I
0: think they they finally they finally seem to have gotten over the hump with him, i think getting fan acceptance,
2: yeah, yeah, he's a some people are were, were arguing that he had kind of um stalled out with the dark order stuff, but he literally just had a match where he he <laughs> I, don't, I think it was accidental like he had a little bit of blood and people audit, like literally like overnight were like oh no fuck it like push hangman page like they got they got whatever hangups they had like because he got over because he's a talented guy like he had a little blood and he was just like he made it work. he like worked it into the match and people uh, that sort of like versatility where it's something that happened accidentally but he made it and it made him over more over than he was before the stupid match started. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I think you can. He's definitely like right there. I think I think the direction should be like having Omega lose to him because it would make the most sense in having Omega lose the title to someone like Page who's been built up and who is his former
0: and, tag partner.
2: Yes, and th- there's that storyline. Plus Hangman could be considered, you know, like homegrown talent. But after that, I mean, you could go a lot of ways with.
0: Well, and if Page, the direction if of the Page company, falls on his face, you have guys there. Yeah, It can because you know, because like and you can have you have Andrade there now. He's just waiting in the wings like whenever like, yeah,
1: the but, only complaint I, I have ever had about Andrade is I just I really wish the dude had different finish because I don't like the hammerlock DDT and I don't like the thing he had before. But other than that, that's an easy ass fix. Mm hmm. That's that's it. That's what I got. Because <laughs> you guys have already said everything else. There's not a whole lot for me to add beyond that.
0: So do we have Sorry, anything else derail. to discuss tonight, or are we, are we good?
1: I think that'll about do it for us here. Um, so we are. Let's see. We've got we've got some plans coming up. Um, we're just trying to make sure that we get things solidified before we throw them out there because we don't want to just throw it out there and and not follow through but we got some stuff we're working on and we want to say thank you everybody out there for joining us for this episode um, yep that was our opinion on the releases if you think that we're off base if you think that we're crazy if you think we're right we would love to hear from you on social media please hit us up on any of our social media accounts and so this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we'll see you next time.